Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest 300 episode. Three, I can't talk. Episode 305. I'm your strep afflicted host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels. With me as always, premier bodyguard of Crossbell State, David McBurney, Family Master. Nice. I uh, wish to make that reference to in the near future. Uh, given the rate that you're going, it's going to be a while. True. You, uh, like, as, as I play, uh, as I play through the Crossbell duology, it's like, no, Trails in the Sky the Third is not optional. You you really need to have that. Okay. <laughs> well, at least I'm not playing second chapter on my PSP, or I'm in a constant state of, am I going to lose my save? Yeah. Yeah, have you have you started in proper on second chapter? Yeah, it's been nice, an hour nice. into it. Only fifty more to go. Estelle <laughs> seems to have finally gotten over her state of denial. So, yeah, yeah, I forgot there. that's where it, I forgot that it immediately launches into that and then does like the proper prologue chapter. But, yeah. Uh, what's that? Is it good times? <laughs> uh, you been playing anything else with your time? Uh, a little bit of dot hack. Nice, Trying nice. To level up my guys to get through the quest I got. Spent like an hour on previously and then died because I took. Gaspard and uh, what's the other guy? Syllabus with me, and they were a little under leveled, so. Yeah. Got them yeah, properly geared up and ready to go, so hopefully I can do that quest and move the plot along. Nice thing about that game structurally is that, unlike a real MMO, it only ever takes like 20 minutes to level someone up to the right level. Yeah, that's going fine. Um, played some Minecraft Legends. Oh yeah, that came out. It's a very charming little strategy RTS thing. But hmm. just very welcoming and fun. Pretty simple. I mean, that's about so what you want to give Minecraft. Yeah. That was good. I wasn't sure what to expect after Minecraft Dungeons, which I think... Before it came out, people were like, oh, it's going to be like Baby's first Diablo. And then it came out, and I was like, well, I actually like this more than Diablo. <laughs> it actually has a fair amount of depth and difficulty. Adults last Diablo. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, it was I, actually that playing Legends actually led me to play some more Minecraft Dungeons, which is always fun. Damn good times. Yes, I'm up to apocalypse difficulty in it. Huh? Apocalypse, wow. Yeah. Sounds like you have had a busy uh, gaming schedule. Yeah, but other than that, some Destiny nonsense. Um, uh, yeah, dot hack and stuff. Trying to finish some things before Zelda drops. Um, I fired up a FF6 pixel remaster for a few minutes on Switch. Just see how it runs, and it's fine. So. <laughs> I got you. 
though. I remained perplexed by all the complaints about the font. They just... They don't get it. I, I'm still upset that people were upset about the font and not the aspect ratio. What's wrong with the aspect ratio? It leaves a lot of just empty space in most scene compositions. Oh, that's, that's fine. That bothers me. I'm weird so, like that. As you know, I the black lines in the side screen bother me. So. Yeah. We have like the opposite brain worms yes. here. Like the black bars bother you, the giant like landscape with nothing in it while all of the shots are center framed bothers me. <laughs> competing brain worms, who will win? Could be only My brain worms are stronger. Mm. More disciplined. Hearts of iron. <laughs> also, I got the Pixel Remaster Collector's Edition, so I own another vinyl record for some reason. You probably own like a dozen vinyl records and no record player. Surprisingly, two, and one of them's for a Neptunia game. I don't know why you let that happen. <laughs> it just came along with it. I don't, know. I don't know what to tell you. Like I said, I don't know why you let that happen. Uh... But yeah, sounds like your plate has been full. Yeah, <laughs> things, stuff. I'm not much of a natural dance, but I know. Okay, uh, and Gaijin, what have you been playing? Have we actually started? We yes. have, yes. Oh. Yeah, we I, want to spare Wales' voice because he has strep throat. <laughs> I, I turn away for five minutes and I see, oh, okay, we've got the streaming channel on and... Okay, already started. Cool. Yes. Okay, well, no, I'm still working through Ryza. Hope that's going well. Sounded like you were enjoying last time. Yep. It's, uh, may, may have said it before, but for a game that tells you exactly where you need to be going next, it's remarkably easy to just get lost getting there. Huh. Mm -hmm. In a good way. In a very good way. Oh, that's good. I'm here for it. One day, when I get around to playing more Adelir. I yeah. have so many RPGs, like so many, it sucks. Yeah. It doesn't actually suck, but time sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Atelier games don't always need to be played in any semblance of order, but the Ryza games do. Mm -hmm. I'm always excited when I find a new short game to play, or a roguelike, because I can... You can trick yourself into thinking you can finish a roguelike quickly, and then you spend a thousand hours oh, playing it. Oh, I don't it. care about finishing it. It's just like, I can do one run of this and not, and be good. Mm. Until I do the 20 other runs in the same day. Okay, that's not important. Not important. We're, we're drawing back to the core point I was yes, making. Yes, yes, <laughs> But, uh... Yeah, so just, just rise it for you, or anything else as well? Um, do first grader losing a tooth this week, so I've been kind of busy. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Kids tend to, to tend to feel pretty dramatic about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I need somebody to watch the RP gamer chat. I'll do it. I'll leave my chat open. Oh yes, there's the other game I've been playing that I can't talk about till Monday. Yeah, so we won't. I, I can say what it is, I said believe. I just can't make any comment on it. Yeah, you've said what it is a number of times, yes, including on shenanigans. Yes, which is uh, Trinity Trigger. Okay, so now you are bound by a 
non-disclosure agreement or whatever, embargo, right? Yes. I, having played the game almost to the end last November, am I still bound by the same? I don't believe so. You, you wouldn't be because that's not the version that you played. At the same time, yeah. we don't want to accidentally tempt wheels into making yeah. an opinion or statement about it. Okay, I will, I will hold back. We'll, we'll hold it until next episode, but then, then you'll let it rip. Yeah, because I've almost, I'll just, I'll just I've almost that, made comments um, a few times. It's like, no, I shouldn't do that. I, I will note that pause... Um, Anne-Marie's also been playing it, and she was able to guess exactly which boss made me just decide not to nice. keep going at, near the end. I mean, I... No, I mean, I, I, I've actually revisited the boss. I could probably beat that battle fairly I mean, with a bit more practice. It's just that you sent me Persona 5 Royal at about the same time that I was having uh, yeah. trouble Suddenly, with that was much more interesting at that point. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so, um, which is why I have yet to get back to it. I will eventually, just to see how the story ends. Uh, so I, I hope that you're enjoying it and we can talk about it. Um, I actually think I have... I, I'm going to be working next Friday, but in two weeks, I can talk to, with you about it in two weeks. Okay. N next time that we get a recording schedule yeah. set up. Then. Uh, I will also be doing a stream of it on Monday if you're around, then you're welcome to hop in. See. It might show up towards the end. Yeah, uh, but... I can the what I can comment on is the demo I played, which you know I obviously got to play a little co-op, mess around with some of the weapons, and one boss mm -hmm. fight, which was pretty tough. Which, for me, I enjoyed because it reminds me of like I, I don't like I don't like generically saying things are MMO esque, but I do like the boss design of you have to wear down the shield and then you get a damage phase. That's something I deal with in um, Destiny all the time, and I, I find I will, it to I will be say a good that boss the, construction. I will say that a lot of my issues with the boss I got stuck on is the fact that um, having the, a, the secondary character AI rush in and try to rush this boss it does not work very well. Uh, it probably would work much better if I had two friends to co-op with yeah. new enough to dodge the attacks. Yeah. So the, the, yeah, that's obviously the only experience I've had with the hard boss was with two other actual humans. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And we can discuss it. We can have you two discuss it more soon. Yeah. But not this week. <laughs> and an uh... another game I will be able to talk about later next week. Uh, which is a game I have written a review for. And we'll be streaming for all your hopeful enjoyment. Hmm. It's Mugen hmm. Souls for the Switch. I don't think that's going to make anyone happy, except maybe Probably people who not. hate you. Well, see, here's here's the interesting thing about this. Like, if you go back and see my comments on it at the time, and maybe there's probably some of this in the actual review... I commented about how fun, like, the localization was, and how the game, I think, seemed, or at least early on, to know how stupid its whole concept was, and was just having mm -hmm. fun with it, until it devolved into a mess of technical issues and other things. So, if any of those are actually fixed... Maybe it will be maybe it can maybe it can rise to the level of extremely mediocre. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's what compile hard often aiming for yeah. anyway. 
straight down the middle. Okay. Uh... Basically, e even even at its most despised, you actually had some items that you enjoyed with it. So this is yes, there is hope. primarily the localization seemed to seemed to have a lot going for it. But whatever, whatever. Uh, next week, that's going to happen. That's a thing that will be happening. I'm not going to sit there and watch you destroy yourself, so I'll probably just play Trails instead. Sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's going to be happening on Q and A quests, so. Maybe yeah, like I said, I'll probably just play Trails instead. Okay, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you'll never guess what I've been playing. Um, trails. Diablo? <laughs> I'm disgusted. I'm not talking to you anymore. Uh, yes, yes, Gaijin, my uh, my only co-host at this stage. I uh, have been playing Trails. Uh, <laughs> I'm not dead yet. In any case, uh, been uh, been playing Trails to Azure. I am nearly to chapter three of that. Uh, numbered chapter three. Um, and at the end of the the numbered chapter two, like I would, as near as I can tell, it seems like the chapters are a little longer in this one than they were in Trails uh, from Zero. Uh, and uh, it looks like some like something is really about to hit the fan uh, in Azure right about this point. There's a lot of e even the characters in the game seem to be keenly aware that something horrible is about to happen. So it'll be. Hmm? Yeah. So yeah, that that uh, that's been exciting. It's it's very difficult for me to set my switch aside long enough to record this podcast, but that's the sacrifice I make. Um, but yeah, I've uh, been been having a good time with that. Uh, they added a weird. Game, puzzle game that's a mix of Puyo Puyo and Columns. Don't know how that found its way in here. Uh, so Puyo Puyo is a weird mix of Columns to begin with. I mean, the puzzle, the the, the column, like the, the the way I would describe it and why I would describe it as a mix of those is that uh, Columns as a puzzle structure is kind of defined by its sheer rigidity where it's like, mm -hmm. you can really only make, uh, because you can't put things on their side you can really only make uh mm -hmm. diagonal and uh like vertical chains are there's no real way to make a vertical chain columns you can do diagonal or horizontal to make actual chains uh you can't flip these like essentially puyo pairs on their sides but they still have the ability to sort of uh chain the way that puyos do because uh you could have a uh a set of three that is two down uh, and one adjacent to the top or bottom, so you get like uh, a lot more capacity to chain, but you can't actually put them on their sides. So it's a very strange uh, mix of the two. Um, and uh, there is at least one uh, point, uh, one like point where you can get detective points, which are like the game's sort of like marker for completion for winning against an unreasonably hard opponent the first time without retrying. I had to reload my save several times until he accidentally destroyed himself. So that was 
something. Uh, and also, I'm going to have to play a shit ton more of it because there's at least one of the game's uh, Master Quartz, which is uh, like... Uh, they keep, they keep fucking with the every every one of these games fucks with the uh, system around uh, putting essentially it, functionally it's kind of like materia where you'd like put a bunch of uh, crystals inside your like gauntlet or cell phone had, or whatever and you cast magic with them socketed power ups yep. And in this case, they introduce something that becomes kind of the core of the system in the Cold Steel games, the Master Quartz. Uh, and one of the Master Quartz, there aren't actually a lot of those because there's you only get one per character. Or, it's, excuse me, you can only equip one per character, I should say. Uh, but one of the Master Quartz is hidden behind beating everyone in Puyo. Or Palm Party, as the game calls it. So, mm-hmm. going to have to play a lot of that. Um... But yeah, I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, still, just uh, you know, it's it's trails. It's <laughs> it's still very good at uh, building upon prior game, uh, prior investment in a way that very few games, even sequels, manage to do. Where like just having a lot of knowledge of things that have happened either before or after uh, really. Uh, pulls the whole thing together in a way that is quite rare in many forms of media, really, not even just games. So having a lot of fun with that. Uh, Otherwise, uh, I've been playing an unconscionable unconscionable amount of just weird things on the deck. Uh, Playing a bit of, for example, the PS2 Shinobi. I was messing around with the Tales of Destiny Director's Cup fan translation. Uh, I played a bit of Assault Suit Lanos 2 for the Saturn. So, so just uh, what? What the hell is that? Assault Suit Lanos 2? Yeah. Did you ever see the Super Nintendo game Cybernator? No. No. Uh, did you ever see Front Mission Gun Hazard? No. Yes. It plays like Front Mission Gun Hazard. <laughs> kind of a side-scrolling shoot-everything-with-a-big-robot. Uh, kind of, but with a very, like, most games from that era, especially in side-scrolling 2D, tended to favor very uh, speedy robots. And this is a very, like, uh, slow-paced robot with a lot of story. That's the other thing that I would say, like, the Assault Suit games have that's different from the uh, the similar premise of, like, side-scrolling robot shooter. This it's it's a very much influenced by like the storytelling style of mecha anime in addition to the uh, like mm-hmm. the the self serious branch of mecha anime uh you know stuff that uh, t- takes its cues from stuff like gundam uh like that kind of side scrolly shooty robot but the saturn 1 lanos 2 is very it's it's very pretty and kind of interesting, so I've been I, I fucked around a bit with that. Uh, but yeah, there's you know it's 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 been a very good machine to just like be. I feel like playing X for a little while, and you know letting that stick with me. Uh, as mentioned, I played a bit of the PS2 Shinobi game. That game is like nine tenths of the way to being really good. 
uh, which is somehow not the same thing as being particularly good. <laughs> uh, it, uh, it it doesn't feel quite right, and part of that's just its age. It's a game that expects the player to have a great deal of precision when dodging, but the way that uh, dodging works is not how... Dodging in 3D space tends to work in action games nowadays, uh, specifically usually when you're locked on to something in a 3D action game of that sort. The uh, controls for dodging around that character tend to become relative in some sense, even if the camera is not. So, uh, for example, to look at how dodging works in, say, Devil May Cry, if you are locked onto something in Devil May Cry and you want to dodge to the left or right, you hit the X button and left or right on the analog stick so that uh, your character will dodge left or right. Uh, you know, it means that you always know how to dodge in a useful direction, hmm. even if uh, that's not the direction that you're that you would be dodging just based on your character's absolute uh, position relative to where the stick is uh, pointing. In Shinobi, it doesn't have that nicety. Locking on does not actually uh, make your dodge relative to the enemy or the characters facing. And so mm. if the camera decides while you're locked on to, for example, put the characters essentially in a profile view, you end up with the situation where it can actually be hard to determine which direction to uh, which direction to point the analog stick in to dodge away from an enemy attack rather than slamming your face directly into it. Uh, and that's, you know, that's partly to do with the game's age. It was 2002. It's, it, it just it doesn't fully work. It's, it's a bit of a shame because, like, there's a lot of things that are really cool about it, but uh, the game's one sequel, known in Japan as Kunoichi, and in America as Nightshade for some reason, uh does not fix any of these problems. Uh, it's a bit of a shame. Uh, it was, it's kind of a neat little sub-series, uh, but it, it never really develops into anything that really works, I would say. Uh, let's see. Also, I want to check into what Fireminer's been saying. Uh, has anyone Pew, tried out? Pew has challenged me to solo a dungeon, so that's what I'm doing in this game right now. Nerd. Uh... Wow. Call me out. Fire Miner asks if any of us has played Minecraft Legends. I believe Wheels has. Yes. Should I buy it as a gift for my niece? Uh, yes. If they like Minecraft, they will definitely like Minecraft Legends. It's very charming. Uh, my son seems to be having fun with it more than he did with uh, Minecraft Dungeons, like I mm -hmm. talked about earlier. It's kind of hard to not necessarily as kid friendly, but yeah, this one seems very charming. Very nice little RTS. Pretty fun. Fireminer also says Children's Day is next month, and I'm torn between gifting her a game or a ticket to the water park. Why not both? <laughs> if you got the cash, I would say. Spoil the kid. Um, let's see. Fireminer asks, also, what's the deal with Sega's fascination with columns? It's an every Sega arcade game in Genesis compilation. It's because they own it lock, stock, and barrel. Uh, I really think that's that's mostly it. Like it's a puzzle game. It's kind of the only like puzzle game that 
is from their classic era that they just own. They technically also own Puyo, but it wasn't something they made in-house, so I think that there's like a certain uh, corporate pride in keeping columns a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if I mind asking if I've, if, we've, if I've tried the strategy Vulcan 2 on PS1, no, will I? Maybe. Uh, since you already tried Shinobi, how about going on to Nightshade and Red Ninja? I have both of those on there. I fucked around a bit with uh, Nightshade, as mentioned. We'll, we'll see about Red Ninja. I threw it on there mostly as a gag. It's not actually, it's not even related to Shinobi. It's just another game about ninjas. <laughs> see fireminer says thanks for the recommendation my niece is big into minecraft and terraria yeah, rather play bonanza brothers over yeah. col columns and that is for that phrase. yeah uh what were you saying i was gonna say yeah if she, if she likes those she'll definitely enjoy minecraft legends mm. okay but yeah so that's that's what i've been playing uh and yeah, I'll I've I've got frankly an obscene amount of stuff on here. I threw on like as this was finally the excuse of like eh, maybe I'll get around to Suicoden three, four, and five rather than just playing one and two again, or maybe I'll maybe I'll get around to uh, what you call it uh, fire not fire emblem front mission five. Uh, you know it's, it's big world out there. Who can say? I got a long train train ride coming up. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, so how long a train ride? Okay, uh, about Siberian Express. It's about, it's about thirty hours each way. <laughs> wow. Okay, that is ridiculous for America. Um, yeah, it's I'm going. I'm going down the coast. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll have plenty of time to just dick around with whatever happens to be on here, and thankfully there's a lot on here, so I'm sure I'll find something to keep my attention. Um, but yeah. So that's what I have been playing as of this past week. Uh, is there anything else I was playing that was of note? Not unless anyone wants to hear about Def Jam Fight for New York again, you don't. Uh, the... No. Okay, uh, I want to hit one of these questions that found its way into the comments section recently. Uh, apparently, the, like the day after we recorded last week. Um, it's from Kroll asking, Given all the fuss over the Resident Evil remakes, what are the best or your favorite remakes? And which ones drop the ball bonus points for answers beyond Metal Max Xeno Reborn? <laughs> uh, I have a... This was, Free space taken off the board. We talked about in general chat recently, so I want to talk about one that dropped the ball right off the bat. Balls. Balls. And that's the Secret of Mana remake. Yeah, oh, yes. just didn't add anything of substance. Yeah. Nothing at all, and I'm, I swear that it did something to the magic damage formulas or whatever, and it yeah, magic was nerfed in that game. I don't know how. I believe it. Just, weird it's just a weird remake like uh, that really is one of those ones that sort of crystallizes the thought process of like don't don't remake a game if you're not going to do anything to it 
I mean, it had the graphical upmake, and that was it. And even then, it was like, I really like the old sprites more. Yeah, like, the old sprites are gorgeous, and this is kind of cheap 3D. Yeah, I'd be fine yeah. with the cheap 3D if they were like, okay, we're going to, like, modernize, actually modernize like, the gameplay. change here. the gameplay, maybe redo the script yeah. so that there's more character development. They added, like, some stuff you can find at ends, but it's very out of the way because they didn't want to touch the core script. <laughs> Which is not mm -hmm. good because it's an old game. Just update it. I remember being really hopeful that, I mean, beyond all reason, that they might actually add in the, some of the stuff that was cut from the original in. Yeah. But there's no way to nothing. get any of that stuff back because a lot of it never existed in the first place. Oh, yeah. Uh, one other thing I was going to mention that I've been playing before we quickly get back to the actual discussion. I was uh, fucking around with the Street Fighter Six demo and made horrors that will be confined to the wheels of Discord. Everyone has to look at them now. Oh, no. I don't want to. Too late. You can't make me. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Secret uh, of Mana remake, it could have been like... It could have been like the Saga remakes. It could have been like Trials of Mana, which came out a few years later. Yeah. And at least, like, which completely ended... rethought how the game actually played. Right. Like... <laughs> and quite obviously, they learned from some of the feedback from... Secret, Secret of Mana, of Mana which was like, why did you bother? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like Sword of Mana, but I still appreciate At least that, that takes some actually, wilder swings. Yeah, at least they did something different, like, you know, that that uh, yeah. Adventure of Mana remake is fine, but it's, it's the same thing. It just happens... Just works a little better in that one because that was originally like a black and white Game Boy was, game. Yeah, it was such a primitive game yeah. that like it felt more meaningful to up up to update its look. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I played the cell phone remake of Final Fantasy Adventure and worked just fine, except for the fact that it was cell phone controls. Mm -hmm. uh, But yeah, uh, that's that's one that really just sort of like I don't, it, you know, it, it's you know I think I think everyone on the podcast itself is pretty much of the opinion of like I, if you're not going to do anything of substance to it other than like change like not like if you're doing ex an extremely loyal remake down to like the script. Or like all the set pieces, all of that. If you're not going to do anything to change it, like why are you even bothering? You're wasting yeah. everyone's time, especially what? your own. What are you doing? <laughs> if if you can't do something nice with it, don't do anything at all. Yep. And unless it's a matter of you know actually being able to play it at all in any form whatsoever. I mean, they put out. When did they put out Collection of Mana? Uh. In Japan, a number of years beforehand. In America, like six months before Trials of Mana. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I was always wondering why did they do the Secret of Mana remake when they had Collection of Mana with an objectively better version of the game? <laughs> and all those other games that you might want to play. Yeah. Is not an it's, optimal. It's a perplexing idea. solution. A problem that they made themselves. Yep. <sighs> no, no, no point, no point. Uh, 
As far as, you know, good remakes, I don't want to retread too much old ground. I think that the FF7 remake is an incredible, like, attempt to reckon with both what the original game was and to make something that would resonate in a new way while keeping, you know, the same ideas as the old one. Uh, the Resident Evil remakes are extremely strong for taking, for trying to recreate the feeling of the originals, but by doing it in a way that does not attempt to just be a straight replacement. I feel like we've talked about it a lot before, but if your goal is to replace the original, the the remake impetus is likely misguided unless the original was broken. A romancing Saga, that's a good remake. That's a good or, one. Or that's or a really saga good three. One. Yeah, yeah saga saga three. Saga. Even Saga 2, which, you know, Saga 2, the original is still great, but, like, the remake is also, you know, a unique and worthwhile I, beast. <laughs> I was going to say, I would remind you of what the actual developers of those two games said yeah. were their goals for each. Mm -hmm. like, saga 2, our goal was to see how much of the original game we could keep intact. Mm -hmm. Saga 3, our goal was to see how much of the original game we could get away with changing. Mm -hmm. And keep it recognizably the same game. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, a lot <laughs> see for di digging a little deeper for misfires uh this game's not terrible but it's another one where it's like i'm not really sure what you were going for uh the the very the the low budget ps2 remakes of fantasy stars one and two uh, they're they're kind of trying. They do expand the script. They try to make the characters a little more, but there's just not like maybe it's just a lack of money. Maybe it's lack of uh, time. Maybe it's lack of commitment. But they they don't really add enough. Uh, and I think the most vexing thing is that like originally they were planning to remake three Fantasy Star games. The third remake got canceled, and they were planning to remake one, two, and four. Four being the game that least needed it. Uh, like, if you have the opportunity to remake any of them, you remake Fantasy Star 3, a game with infinite potential that squanders all of it. Mm. Uh, Oy. And, yeah, no, they were, they were just shooting for the easy marks. Uh, oh, God, if you, if you want to see just a host of bad remakes, you look at the first, like, 20 volumes of Sega Ages on PS2, which are all extremely low-budget remakes of... Uh, older Sega games made by D3 and whatever whoever they were contracting at the time. I think the 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 grand prize for oh my god what have you done is uh, Golden Axe. Uh, on the PS2, these most of these did not come out here except, uh, or I should say, none of them came out as individual releases. A handful of them, like 10 of them, got slammed together on a disc called Sega Classics Collection that is just, like, all of these shitty, low-budget uh, Sega 3D Ages remakes that D3 did. And it's just... Oh, they're so bad. They're so bad. They're all hideous. Um, most of them so play terribly. Like, most of them play terribly. They they make you think worse of the original game. Like, that that that's that's the worst one, is that, like, you get a remake that makes you wonder, was, like, the, was the original even any worthwhile? <laughs> like, it just erases yeah. your positive thoughts, and it's just like, maybe this always sucked. And it's like, no, this is just bad. This is just a bad version. 
Uh, those those versions are, oof, oh, they're bad. They're bad. They're, they're bad. 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 Like by by contrast, the Fantasy Star Generation One and Generation Two remakes are merely largely pointless. Uh, merely largely pointless. <laughs> like when your competition is actively damaging the legacy of a lot of very important and classic games, like merely not being that worthwhile is uh, it's. Honestly, batting well above the average at that stage. God, oh, those are so bad. Uh, give give your if you just want to, yeah. If you if you want to just recalibrate what cheap shitty remakes look like, go go take a look at some of those. They're real bad. Um, uh, let's see. But yeah, those, those would be the things that immediately come to mind. It's like, these are bad remakes. These are remakes that have dis done a disservice to the things they attempted to recreate. Um, let's see. Wait, uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Fireminer is saying has to be the 2010's Gianna Sisters to me. The very point of the original is that you could play Super Mario Brothers on the Commodore 64. Uh, I've definitely met like, I've met fans of Gianna Sisters Twisted Dream. I've never cared to check it myself. Uh, let's see. And then, anyone see the SF6 showcase? I think I brought that up, but I, I made a Twisted Mutant in the World Tour mode and have been fucking around with that. Um... Nice. It's the the picture is in Discord for Wheels to see later and be horrified by. Okay. Uh, has anyone watched the Psycho remake they made in the eighties? Not particularly because it's it's kind of the the one in film where like someone said, well, I can't make a better film, so I'll just make the same film. And it's like, well, you still kind of made a worse film. <laughs> uh, yep. If I want to bring you improve on that, the answer is you don't improve on that. Yeah, you, you you unask the question. Uh, Generations games belong to the budget line. Yeah, they they were part of the 3D ages. They're just the least the least bad of them. Um, but they were also the ones we didn't get because they would have required effort to translate, and Sega was not going to expend money to try doing that. Um, file size wise, they're also absolutely teeny tiny. The Generation One remake is uh, taking up 40 megabytes on that DVD. Wow. Teeny tiny game. Uh, but yeah. Uh, you have to run a remake is not good too. Yeah, like ba basically anything that showed up on that PS2 Sega Classics collection is bad. Um, I think the, the one that is most outshone by something that like was not even far off at the time would be uh, that there's a hideous 3D Outrun uh, game on that uh, collection. Uh, let me double check when that came out. Like, how far was that from Outrun 2? A truly incredible update of uh, a, a truly incredible update of Outrun. Okay, there we go. This was when did we actually get this? <laughs> Because it was it was it was also late here. Okay, so they they put nine games on this. Uh, it was okay, yeah. Separately, it's part of the I know you have a fucking release date on here somewhere. 
fucking internet. Okay, um... Uh, PS2. Okay. There's, there's so many... Uh, so many Sega collections that all have kind of the same name. That makes, Okay, this was 2005, so it was the same year as OutRun 2. You could get this horrendous 3D version of OutRun, or you could get OutRun 2. It's the same name, but there's the Sonic Genesis Ultimate Collection of Genesis Son games. Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection, known as something else entirely without Sonic's name in it in Europe. Uh, but yeah, it's like a classic collection containing hideous 3D remakes of Monaco GP, Fantasy Zone, Space Harrier, uh, Golden Axe, Ichini no Tant R, Tobananza Brothers, Columns, Virtua Racing, Flat Out, Outrun, and Alien Syndrome. I think the only one of those that has any excuses is Virtua Racing, which... They, they didn't touch it. It still is basically a flat-shaded, uh, surreal dreamscape, and it kind of works. Everything else in there is garbage. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> even, even more incredible, uh, in Europe, they cut out the bad version of Alien Syndrome because they wanted to get a lower Peggy rating. <laughs> incredible. Who is this for? Don't know. Don't care. Uh, but yeah, as Fireminder points out, just play Outrun Coast to Coast. Like, that game's incredible. I'm still angry that you can't play Outrun Coast to Coast on anything. Sega spent like $750 million buying the Angry Birds developer, and they could have just licensed like whatever Ferrari is in uh, Outrun 2006 uh, Coast to Coast in perpetuity and just made sure that game was available forever. Oh yeah, we were going to discuss that. Sega, for some reason, bought the Angry Birds developer. Did that happen recently? Like, this week. Okay. When was the last time Angry Birds was relevant? I don't know how, what, like, who came to the valuation that Ro Rovio was worth $750 million in the year of our Lord 2023. Uh, Sega, what are you doing? Are you okay? And it's probably it's probably their parent company, Sammy, and they're probably doing it just to get another stable of things to put in pachinko machines, but... Uh, I played some weird arcade Angry Birds at Dave & Buster's recently, and it was kind of terrible. It's probably just a larger version of Angry Birds. It was. It was, it was bad. ba 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 Rivio kill, Rivio kill Angry Birds themselves, maybe? I don't know. Kind of. There's been a lot of issues with trying to make money after the fever went off. There was a period where they like, they had like a premium version of it that like you just spent a certain amount of money and it was yours forever. And they took that off of app stores because it was significantly less profitable to sell it than to just... Uh, Put in, put out like an ad version with a bunch of in-app purchases. Like it, you know, just made more sense to, you know, milk that, milk that sucker dry. So that's uh, a, a damning indictment of our world as a whole. Um, but yeah, uh, I I don't know who puts Rovio's value that high in this year. I have just a million questions for them. But, uh, I mean, 
congratulations to whoever at Rovio just got a huge payout. Um, I hope that your retirement is nice. Congratulations uh, on, on your, your retirement. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. We've, we've hit where we're going There's with... way uh, too much Angry Birds talk for this show. <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of things bumping into other things, uh, the E3 makes are really good. Yes. Uh, like East 1 East, and East 2, or East 3, or East 4? All of them. East okay. Eternal, one, East 1 and 2 Eternal are both uh, excellent takes on the original that are uh, different, uh, but, you know, good at modernizing those games without completely overriding what made them interesting while still adding their own wrinkles. Uh, the Oath and Felgana is... Uh, somehow, you know, a top to bottom, like, rethinking of it because it, it's just completely changed the perspective of how the game is played, but still remarkably loyal. Like, if you've played Wanderers from East and then play Oath and Felgana, you'll find that they actually line up a lot more than you would think. Uh, and, you know, uh, East also has the benefit of every time Falcom does a remake, uh, they get an excuse to remix the soundtrack, and that's always a worthwhile endeavor that justifies the entire exercise. Mm. Uh, but yeah. So in about two and a half months, we're going to have the Atelier Marie remake. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Which is even more massively a re remake than you might even imagine, just... Just to look at it, it looks like quite a lot has changed. I mean, it looks a lot like a standard game of this current series, except this is Marie we're talking about, and a lot of the things that became standard later in the series were made much later in the series. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, just the basic screenshots they show, um, the first set of screenshots that they ever released, I'm looking at that and like, major change, major <laughs> change. Didn't have this in the original game. <laughs> <laughs> And I can name every single character who's appeared so far, so what does this say about me? Wow. Uh, You've learned so much. So much you can never let go of. <laughs> I just hope that it's as good for replays as the originals were. That's not really a remake, per se, but it is supposed to be out like next month, I think. In Japan. Yeah, we, we have heard nothing about it in English. I'm a little concerned because uh, I believe XSeed controls that game and the, at least the translation of that game at this stage. Yeah, I've got the Japanese version of pre-order. not waiting for that. Dun, 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 dun. You should play it at least once with some of the Wanderers from East soundtracks, like the Sharp version soundtrack. Those are incredible. That's uh, fun. I like... Ace eight. It's good. It's a good, good Richard game. Very good Richard game. But yeah, uh, love me some East. Uh, nine and East seven and East six. And you know what? East ten will probably be great too. And you know what? East five's underrated. People are too mean to it. Um, what I'm saying is, I can't think of a bad East game. Um. But yeah, East Memoir, uh, Oath and Falcon, I think out next month. It's exciting. 
let's see. Uh, make sure that we don't have any questions in the podcast section. Joe, I hope you gazed at the horror from beyond that I created and put into the chat. I saw it. Um, I, I must have made a mistake because when I loaded up the demo, I tried to go over to arcade mode and it forced me to play a tutorial, but then it got stuck on a loop and I had to quit out. And then I went into Versus, did a few matches, and then it said, thank you for playing. And I said, okay. And I uninstalled it. Yeah, if you go to the left of the uh, demo screen, it takes you to world tour mode instead, and you go straight into that character creator that I did horrible things with. Yeah, oh man, that was awesome. But, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like anything new in the podcast section, so... Um, but how do we feel about Street Fighter 6? Because I thought it felt good. It felt kind of slow, but not in a bad way. You know, it felt like Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. But um, I like that both characters had three different super combos. I'm like, that's fun, you know? Yeah, that's um, back from uh, Third Strike, but now you don't have to pick one. It's just how much they cost. Yeah, and then instead of the V trigger, we now have this other attack that's similar to what they did in four. You're you get armor, but then you stagger them or something. Yeah, like the, the drive gauge is what the whole thing. Yes, built around. It's a really interesting risk reward because like it powers all of your strong techniques, like your focus attack. It's called drive impact or your parry. Uh, it powers... There's a bunch of stuff that the tutorial doesn't explain that it can do because it's kind of more for high-level play. It's stuff like being able to dash in after a hit, like canceling your recovery so that you can combo off of things you wouldn't normally be able to combo off of, but it's really fucking expensive. Uh, but, you know, you get you can do some really just brutal things to your opponent, but, of course, uh, if you do too much of that, you put yourself in danger of being dizzied, and if you... But if you're just sitting there playing too defensively, like, you lose access to that drive meter entirely, so you're incentivized to actually uh, play more aggressively, because that's how you get drive meter back faster as well. Uh, and then, of course, your drive meter also powers your EX attacks, so... There's just a lot of stuff that that meter powers that are constantly uh, at cross purposes. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, the uh, V reversal slash alpha counter type uh, defensive maneuver is also powered by your drive meter. That's like block and then forward plus three punches or three kicks. Uh, as a way to stop opponents from trapping you in block strings but yeah i i I really enjoyed what i played it looks really good uh it just generally feels good it's nice and responsive i don't think people are going to have uh the complaints about lag frames they did at street with street fighter 5 at launch uh the world tour mode looks extremely dopey uh there's the ability to just walk up to people and uh you can just walk up to the people and fight them, uh, and they'll just have like certain character, some characters' move set. But it's oh, like, hold on, hmm? I haven't heard the notification forever. Thank you for the raid, AC. Jesus, fifteen people. No, yes. don't do this to. Oh no, what's going on? Get raided. Hello. Yeah. Uh, so you're How were your games? Apologize for. 
promptly putting all your viewers to sleep. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah. They wanted to hear an amateur's idea of how Street Fighter VI is good or not, uh, right? Oh, I was talking <laughs> about want... my gameplay. I wasn't even wrecking you. Wheels is only capable yeah. of paying attention to Destiny at any given moment. Um, uh, I'm doing okay. I've got strep, so... Yeah, of energy. Yeah, strep throat yes. again. Oh, I thought only kids got that. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Here in Hollywood, awesome, awesome. Jeez, okay. Yeah, I, I never had strep throat. Lucky. <laughs> managed to avoid it as well. Yeah, I haven't been playing a lot of Apex recently. I need to get back into the swing of it. Too many games. Too many games. Play something else. Play something else. No. Oh. Time to play yeah, Rapshidia. You love Rapshidia. Yeah, this is actually my second time getting it in like a month. It's going around my house. Wheels is going to die. Wait, um, had it twice. My son had it twice. My other son got it. My uh, my Rapshidia joke has fallen upon deaf ears. Yes, sorry. <laughs> they were trying to. One of the few interesting fringe benefits of working with children's English instruction for so long is that I am largely immune. Nice. You've had it all. Long list of viruses. Um, so. Nice. I mean, yeah, sure, there's no such thing as a true immunity to the common cold, but once you've caught enough of them, you're sort of running out of options to catch it again. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll fix it by getting all of them. Let's see, uh, let me just... but yeah, well, do you remember what Rapshidia is? No. Chewy Code and Tactics. For some reason uh, in Japan it was called Rapshidia. I don't understand. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> um... Okay. Let's hit the big list of questions. We will fulfill that New Year's resolution or die trying. Uh, I've asked you about whether any modern games can reach the level of classics like FF7, but what about communal aspects of games? I have a feeling that I probably would never witness an event on the scale of the release of Halo 3. The days leading to WoW Classics came uh, close, but not quite. The hype machine simply couldn't produce such a powerful and unifying force like that anymore. The game uh, playing audience is just generally not perceived as being as monolithic anymore so uh it, yeah it's, it's pretty difficult to just unify oh you play games you must play this game because that's so that's no longer possible <laughs> uh just just consider it another aspect of splintering the monoculture yeah mm. oh that that's, that's a bad thing uh, yeah Thinking about that, and specifically about our raiders, the launch of Apex Legends, I think, is the closest I've seen for something like that to happen. That, that did suddenly, like, that took off overnight. That was wild. Yeah. But it, it's hard to, like, that That was huge, but it wasn't a build-up huge. It was a sudden surprise huge. Yeah, true. It, it, it like, uh, the thing that I would say dif differentiating that and something like a Halo was that everyone who cared about it knew about it and was waiting for it for essentially three years. <laughs> it reminds me of, in the same way that you they were able to sell 
a couple million copies of Crackdown on the basis of you'll be able to play Halo 3's beta. <laughs> uh, it's it's the same thing where like early in the PS2's lifetime, they were able to sell a couple million copies of Zone of the Enders on the basis of you'll be able to play Metal Gear Solid 2's demo. <laughs> Fascinating little demo. Um, but yeah, uh, it it's hard to have something you know, take up the zeitgeist that much because there's simply too much air in the room for something mm. to take up all the air in the room. And again, that's that's a good thing, but there is a certain uh, joy to when everyone you know is excited for the same thing. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's what subcultures are for. Um, speaking of Halo and marketing, does anyone remember I Love Bees? Man, what a weird thing. What's some other bizarre uh, game marketing campaigns, and why does it seem like those viral campaigns have gone extinct lately? Are publishers afraid of rubbing, of rubbing the wrong people? I mean, they're really expensive. It's difficult to tell. Like, they're difficult to get off the ground. Like, finding, uh, like, you... It, it, it's vi viral marketing of that sort, like ARGs, people still do them, but they're usually like marketing for themselves now because, like, I Love Bees was, feels like a marketing experiment at this stage. Like, it's like, uh, how do we raise awareness for this among people who didn't already care? Uh, and, you know, that's, that's always the core point of marketing, but, you know, like, with that i think the issue you run into is that the kind of person that responds well to that is the kind of person you prob who probably already cares uh breeding that degree of obsessive fandom is now more easily accomplished in overt ways that uh involve just instead of here's hidden codes on a website it's just like engage with our social media presence and then you'll see that one person that responds to every fucking Twitter post that a brand makes. Weirdest shit imaginable. Uh, but yeah, like, it, it's it's just difficult to say uh, in in a modern lens, like, what, how do you, like, how do you start that off without people immediately knowing what it is and how much tangible benefit is there to doing that? And I think the issue that you run into for why these don't happen that often anymore to market like big games or something is that they just prove to not be terribly effective at selling something more than just doing a normal ad campaign that was more likely to be seen and less likely to require you to have like a million consultants putting together a weird website that would only be seen by, you know, 10,000 people who'd never shut up about it. <laughs> Just one of those things. A neat idea, but not one that really uh, likely paid off in terms of sales. <laughs> uh, let's see. What distinguishes laziness in development with the developers always having to fulfill certain expectations of the fans? Case in point, every Halo game after Reach. Don't know what that means per se. Uh, I assume that means... I, I would never describe that as laziness. I would describe it more as like... Man, this is going to sound even meaner, but cowardice. Uh, but, be careful yeah. using the word lazy developer when you're in, yeah. when you're, um, you know, involved in a podcast with an actual software developer. 
yeah in general like the word lazy is never going to show up i would say like i said there, there's a certain degree of corporate cowardice that can cause games to be very samey because of the assumption honestly probably correct that a large portion of the fan base will reject change like a bad lung uh i mean it's, it's like what you find in hollywood where you're an more literal definition of the word conservative that is your average hollywood producer they do not want to make any risk on what they yeah. know will make the money and in, in any project that takes this much time and this much money and this much effort you are not going to risk it all on something unless you are absolutely certain it's going to succeed yeah i, I would then, never yeah, yeah I, I would never chalk this up to laziness because if if the devs were lazy, the game just would never happen. Like, yeah. every, everyone working on, like, any project you've ever heard of, and honestly, basically every project you haven't heard of, required someone to, like, bleed, sweat, and, like, release all... every bodily effluvia they contained to try to make sure that this could happen, because... God, games are complicated. Uh, but, yeah, um... In general, I... Oh, sorry. Hmm? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I do think that, like... The the other issue you run into is that, you know... There, there's the debate about how much is it reasonable to expect that a sequel looks like the previous one. And there's, like, a philosophical debate about what a sequel is or should be. Uh, in general, like, I would advocate for more like smart reuse of like that, that makes it like clever reuse of things like you know you make weird sequels that just reuse huge portions of the previous game but do them but make something that plays different like you know yeah, the archetypal version would be Majora's Mask, but even ones that are less successful, Wheels is about to make vomiting noises, but FF13, 2, and 3. Uh, oh, I'd like 3, so... Yeah, I had to, like, I realized partway through, oh, I can taper this by bringing in 3 in, uh, instead of just 13, 2. I uh, like 13, 2 quite. Yet. I know, Wheels hates it. Um, <laughs> we're not doing this. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I, I think in general, uh, but there's there has been a segment of the audience that is just vicious anytime that they can identify where something has been reused like the this this truly in like ridiculous part of the audience that's like oh, but, you, but you did you used that before you should have made it again from scratch and it's like no you shouldn't have if it looked fine you can reuse it it's fine uh <laughs> a strange form of entitlement yeah, just just the weirdest thing. Like, there's this, there's this like weird incapacity to judge uh, worth that always like tries to break something down into like the individual cost of its components and ignore aspects of its actual construction. That is just hellish, uh, and you see that with like people talking about like. This game was only, you know, this game was, I, how could I play, buy a game that was only six hours long? How could I, you know, did, did you enjoy those? Would you play it again? Like, that's going to be down to you. How could I uh, purchase this 
uh, piece of hardware. It's like it only does X, Y, and Z, and it's like, well, you bought it to play games on. If it plays the games you want, it was worth it. Like that's that's how these the the item and what is in it is only of concern in as far as it affects what you do with it. And you know the the answer to that is going to be deeply dependent like joe is getting a great deal of use out of that 4070 he's having a ball with it i would not have the same ball with it and you know that's an individual value assessment based on like what we value about you know hardware but it is one of those things where like you know the you know even though i we wouldn't have the same amount of fun with it joe like to to look at the value proposition he was looking at was a much more with a much less insane value proposition than I sometimes see, where it's like, oh, well, I want to see X, Y, and Z games at this resolution with this frame rate. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's that's a reasonable thing instead of getting too bogged down in, but what did the numbers say? And it's like, well, the numbers only matter in as far as they power the games to do what you want. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, hmm? Every new graphics card, you're going to have... 20 people on YouTube telling you, don't buy it, it's a ripoff. And it's like, well, you got it for free. <laughs> and you have access to better stuff that you also got for free. So... That's, the, that's the real racket, is being, <laughs> being the guy that gets sent a free graphics card to evaluate it for YouTube and then flips it. Um, yeah. Well, but yeah. Yeah, just one, just one of those things. It's like, you know, you, you look at the, you know, the the product should be needs to be evaluated for its construction as much and usually more than for what it's actually made of like the thing that came out of that construction is much more of use in determining what worth it holds uh and so i think that dovetails with this idea of like you know, laziness or cowardice. It's like the the motivations behind it are largely immaterial. They're, they they come down to the philosophy of how the object was constructed, less than whether someone like quote unquote cared. Like it's it's a lot of work. They cared a lot. Like we can we can sweep laziness off the table. There's other things that caused this, um, and so you end up with, and and then you'll get people that swing way too wild the other way. You bring up halo as an example of like uh a series that is potentially too safe uh they they did take some swings with five and infinite but uh in general uh the you you have people that maybe go the other way there was a uh person uh in one of the oral histories of that franchise about five or so years ago i brought this up before uh dude comes in and is like yeah i was hired on as the creative director but like i ended up leaving before the project was done one of my ideas was a level with no shooting and it's like i that's not really an idea i'm just going to be real with you that's not really an idea because there's you you've said we're taking away something and maybe in your original pitch you were intent on replacing it with something but a halo level with no shooting doesn't have any gameplay um and yeah. you have to replace it with something to just yeah. say there will be no guns here. Okay, uh, what what will there be? Yeah. Uh, well, just to, to your point and to Wheel's point as well, it's like you know, we we need to be respectful of the fact that 
developers are beholden to the publishers and the <laughs> publishers are footing the bill and there's contracts and deadlines no, and no, i'm gonna stop you, know, you there and, i'm gonna stop oh, you there okay. the problem is there's lots of different positions in the developer and there's lots of project managers and lots of things like that it's not just the uh, a bunch of cor corporate nonsense like people like to say oh you know a complicated machine they coded this shit badly or lazy developers or whatnot it's like uh, if the product managers come up with an idea that's terrible it doesn't matter how you code it it's still gonna suck <laughs> sometimes things sound good on paper and then they just don't work and then yeah. you realize that you still have to ship in six months so you got to make the best of what you got uh, and that's why you'll sometimes see developers not take this route, because it's like, if you don't want to be in that position where you've got six months to ship and none of your ideas actually worked. Um, and it's kind of taking offense to the term laziness, it's like, or that's, well, not so much taking offense, but yeah, it's like you said, it's it's not laziness when, you know, they do what they can within their budget, within their time frame. And within the ideas that they're, they're working with, sure. Um, and and the thing is, yeah. And, and if the goal is okay, we need we need to make a game that's exactly like Halo, then that's what they're going to try to do. Um, so I don't know. It just seems like that happens a lot where a company, one company has a good idea, and hmm. everybody else tries to copy it. Whether or not it's viable, whether regardless of how expensive or time-consuming it may be, regardless of even if the developers say, "Oh, hey, we don't know how to fucking do this," you know, it's a super um, trend-based industry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Hit another one in a related one. Speaking of Halo After Reach, what other game franchise maybe should have ended because all the stories had been told, the developer continued, and things went awry? I'm not even gonna. I'll, I'll be changing some of the language here. For example, Mass Effect, I always think because the players are too attached to Shepard and his crew, it's better to retire the brand name and make a new sci-fi RPG under a new name. That's never going to happen just because even if you want to make an unrelated game, someone's going to come and be like, well, we have this IP sitting around and it attracts eyes. Um, but I do think that, like, speaking of ideas that didn't, work we actually know a great deal about what went wrong with mass effect andromeda and that's another one where maybe maybe a pm got ahead of themselves with ideas because they waste they lost like a year and a half two years of development on a system for procedurally generating planets that ultimately never worked and like i'm sure that took ungodly amounts of work yeah and, yeah. and what did have procedurally generated planets um, freaking oh, no, no man's sky, and, and that, that took was an ungodly amount of work. Atrocious at launch. <laughs> and respect to Hello Games for managing to pull that one out of the tailspin. That was a lot of work. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Just one of those situations where, like, uh, sometimes you just pursue an idea, and it's like that—that's the kind of idea that, like, it's—it's it's a horrible, like, sort of pyrite idea because it's one of those things where, like, when you just hear the high level of it, it's like infinite planets. It sounds incredible, and then uh, you run into the issues of like actually implementing it, depending upon what the gameplay style is, can be extremely difficult. Extremely, like, it might—you know—if in the case of something like Andromeda, you might run 
far into the project and realize it's just never going to work. Um, like, they, they ultimately had to abandon that idea and pre-make planets. Uh, but they'd lost so much time on it. Uh, or, you know, sometimes it, it does work. and But then, like, when you get down to the point where you've implemented it, it's like, okay, well, this this bit of tech is neat, but within the holistic game design, it just doesn't end up adding that much. You just get kind of a... Uh, you know, it's like, oh, it's it's neat, but it, it was also, it, it should be understood in the perspective of what Bioware had made to that point, because Mass Effect 1, they had made a lot of, ex they had made a lot of planet explorable, but only had a couple of planet maps that people, you know, mocked because they show up over and over and over. Uh, so for Mass Effect 2 and 3, they just cut those out entirely. The explorable planets were pared down to basically only a handful of side quests. Uh, pared it back to only a handful of side quests, only a handful of maps, all of them handcrafted, but people complained that they didn't have that sense of exploration anymore. There was no... You, you'd lost the Star Trek uh, sort of feeling that people got from Mass Effect 1, so Andromeda's an attempt to reclaim that, and they were trying to make sure that no one was going to look at the game and be like... I've, explore like i can see how the map pieces fit together i can see the seams and they they you know they gambled hard and kind of lost on that one and i don't blame them they it but that's one of the risks of when you do take a swing is you run into you may take well, a miss yep sometimes sometimes casey goes to bat and he strikes out but the uh, point of that show was that he always struck out Mighty, uh, Casey. mighty Casey, Mighty Casey, Mighty uh, Casey. I don't really think of that as a TV show. <laughs> oh, I, I always saw the old cartoon of it. Oh, yeah, it's a. Uh, say it was a poem from the 19th century. Yeah, wow. it's, it's a, I, I, when I think of it, I'm thinking of the poem, which really is all I, about the build up. I and only then, know oh. it as the Disney cartoon. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's understandable, but yeah, it's it's you know it's all about like sometimes you know Casey really is built up to be the hero that could save the day and then strikes out and sometimes that's just how it goes. <laughs> but yeah, um... but yeah, so that's uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, hit a couple of these questions that have shown up in the chat. <laughs> see, is there any game that's made you think, I'm too old for this, and I'm just, it's just not for me anymore, and do you feel the urge to resist that thinking like a Disney adult? <laughs> uh, I don't know that there's anything that ever appealed to me that I would look at and be like, I just can't anymore, that immediately Mortal springs Kombat to mind in games. Yeah, I thought that was bad at the time, so for me that's not it, but I fully getcha. Any fighting game online against strangers, I get too worked up <laughs> and then I rage quit. Yeah, um, we'll play we'll play Street Fighter Six, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I mean playing with you guys is fine. I mean Yeah, yeah. So no, are, are, are 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 you all planning to stomp on wheels and me this Sunday? Is that the plan? The the demo does not have uh online play yet. No. Unfortunately no. Um, so we'll have to save it for June. Um, but I think maybe that's w what I hated so much about 
Overwatch. I felt like I don't think I'm the target audience for this, you know. And these a lot of competitive games are very are much young. My ass. Yeah, a lot of competitive games are very much young players' games. Uh, yeah, that's the kind of person that has the time and lack of money to get good at one specific game. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Too old for this shit. Yeah, I, I say that on a regular basis now. <laughs> You're getting ready for your starring role in the next Lethal Weapon. <laughs> oh god. Let's see. I'm too old for this shit. Okay, Lethal we've talked a bit about five. Joe plays Fortnite. Oh god, no! I don't. No, I'm not really willing to entertain that further. Uh, we've talked about when a franchise ends and the fans only remember good things. How much is it an age and child thing, and how much is it just something you have to do if you want to stay a fan of something for decades? You even commit to being a fan of Dragon Ball or the Pokemon anime for 20 to 30 years if you don't forget some of the flaws of these franchises. Speaking of which, what games, novels, movies, etc., were made by people who were fans of something? I I don't know. That question seems to cut off. I can't tell where that ends. Uh, like multiverse is definitely made by somebody who was into competitive smash. Okay, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, I mean, you know, like separation, absence will make the heart grow fonder with just about anything. Uh, I, I do think that it's possible to like be a fan of something for a long time and just acknowledge that, like, yeah, it has its weaknesses, but they don't bother me. Uh, and I think that's generally the healthier attitude to take with something you're a fan of long term. Like I, like I pieced out of you know say the Pokemon anime early on because it was like okay I see where this is going and I'm done, and like you know that's that was enough for me. But you know I'll infinitely there there are certainly like I'm going to, uh, going in on you know twenty three or so years of being a fan of Kingdom Hearts and it's got it's full of flaws certainly but you know. I'm uh, I'm in it for the long haul uh, because it, they don't bother me. <laughs> they they are not flaws that matter to me, and like that's that's an important thing to that I think comes with being a fan of something for a long time. It's understanding like it's fine to acknowledge that something is flawed and just say that the flaws are not things that you particularly care about. <laughs> At any point in time, I could still sit down and just start playing Skyrim or Fallout 4, and it's like they are very flawed games, but I can get sucked in for hours and hours. And okay, I'm not listening on Twitch, there. and Joe sounds really bloody quiet. Oh, sorry. You're not listening on Twitch? No, I'm listening direct from Discord. Oh, well then it should uh, be fine. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I, I would turn up. I would have him turned up yeah. on my Discord. Yeah, oh, you should just right-click I'm, him and I'm bump him up. Just hearing him normally in Discord over here. Mm-hmm. It's fine by me. Uh, you, you sound fine to me, Joe. But yeah, uh, if you're having that issue, I would recommend just right-clicking him on Discord and bumping him up a bit. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know we could do that. Yeah, you can. You can. If someone is particularly loud, like me, you can lower my volume as well. Uh, um, okay. So. See. No, but that, that's all I was saying. Is like, oh man, there's plenty of games that are horribly flawed, and it's like, but I like it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. Like I think one of the nice things is like realizing when some factor about how the what is in the game or movie or novel or whatever that essentially overrides the flaws. Like it doesn't matter that like this doesn't work or that doesn't work because one thing works so well you ceased to care. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, um, this this actually recently came up on um, the RP Gamer Discord. We were having a discussion about Valkyrie Profile, and there mm -hmm. were people who'd never played it before who were trying to play it, and a couple of them were just like, I don't enjoy this. I don't <laughs> see w how people like this. And I was like, you know, and, the, and one of the things is the platforming. The platforming in that game is floaty as hell. It's Super extremely floaty. strange. But, Gosh, but you know, marry on the Steam Deck. Sorry, go there, ahead. Uh, there's people like me who, you know, can look past that and see see that, you know, the character sprites have aged very well. The battles, you know, are the battle system it was very unique for a time for its time and still, it still kinda, is. Yeah. Kind of still is. And mm -hmm. I mean it does and it does you know, give a story, but you have to kinda hunt for it because of the fact there, it was one of the first games with a true ending that was sort of not given to you. <laughs> I wouldn't say one of the first, but certainly one of the first high-profile RPGs. Haha, <laughs> high-profile. Um, but yeah, the, that would really do this kind of weird, like, really hidden uh, good ending. Uh, and, and that's, I, I would say, Tri-Ace is actually very good at... Or <laughs> very good at, but v very much... Uh, a company that's like if you like the things that they do well you can usually get past the things that they consistently do poorly mm -hmm. uh they they, yeah. they are very much a company where you take the good with the bad that's the kinds of stuff they produce uh and you know they they won't all work i still bear a grudge against star ocean 3 that will never subside into the end of time but uh ha, 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 ha. uh yeah, but yeah uh you know What's that? So I see what you did there. I appreciate it. But yeah. Uh, I, saw, I, I saw what you did there too. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, but yeah, it, it's one of those things that like the capacity to look at their uh, output, like the things they do well, they do better or at the very least differently than anyone else. And that is valuable to certain kinds of people. So, and that's enough. Side note, uh, what was the general consensus on divine force did people like that did, uh, did you like it I, I haven't played enough of it because i just don't play a lot on my ps5 what i did play i liked uh it really was... i really liked it okay. i know that hero harmony who was trying to stream it on our on for rp gamer he did not okay and he I feel like really that's liked correct it. for a triace game i mean so. i really liked star both he and i both really liked star ocean 4 I'm with mm -hmm. I'm with you I'm with you, uh, David. I I cannot stand Star Ocean Three only because of MP equal death mechanic. Yeah, the MP kill mechanic is just completely heinous. I don't know that why they did that. Made me hate the developer for like half a decade. I had so. to spend so long trying to get wheels to try Resident of Fate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I I really like um I I really like I really liked uh, Star Ocean Six. A lot of people really like Star Ocean Six. Um, from our from sister channel rpgfan.com uh, uh, Scott who was streaming it really enjoys the Divine Force mm. it's, and it's, he hates all Star Oceans it's definitely one of those that like it is probably one of the more polished games that they've made so if there's something in there that you like that's probably one of the safer ones to try 
Like, you'll probably have less trouble finding what there is to like than you would in something that's older and more unpolished and weirder. And which isn't to say that Star Ocean Six isn't weird in places, but you know, some of the, some of the older ones, uh, you gotta you gotta learn to love. <laughs> I will let you know I have not played their other game that they released around the same time, which is Factory Elysium, which they I've heard more nothing, mixed. That was they had nothing to do with that game. Yeah, oh, they I thought did. they did. Nope. N no, it is a spinoff of their franchise, but it was not made by them. I heard it was fine. I have not played it yet. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, let's see. Hit a few more of these. Oh boy. Um, Uh, I want to ask if a game made by somebody who liked another game but doesn't like some aspects of the original game, a game to respond to another game. It's really hard to get uh, corporate developers to go in on that. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you might have seen something like this back in the Famicom or Super Famicom period where you had just a lot of smaller studios who were, in fact, spite gaming. <laughs> I mean, Star uh, Ocean, actually. Yeah, Star Ocean is basically just like, you're gonna try to tell us what to do with Tail Fantasia? Fuck off. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, and then you'll get to the, the more, like, famous stuff like Drakengard as being made by someone who clearly didn't like the kind of game that, uh, say, Dynasty Warriors was, but, you know, that ended up just kind of producing a bad game. Um, a, a bad game that made him famous for really weird games it's definitely like it was if you dig deep into the catalog you'll end up finding that it's mostly just the first weird game of his that actually made it over here there's like a ps2 game that's phase paradox that's a sequel to a side-scrolling shooter that is for some reason essentially a visual novel uh and that's that's one of the first uh things that Yokotaro really got up to in Japan as like a lead creative, uh, but yeah, just one of those things. It's like yeah, Dra Drakengard definitely put him on the map in the West as like oh that's weird, but it also it took forever to actually do that because when it first came out, it's like what in God's name? How much would I have to hate myself to spend the fifty hours it takes to reach the part of this game where it really goes insane? Um, um, <laughs> I I remember sitting in the dark in my, in my house uh back in oh god I, I think i was in college so it would have been like 2002 2003 yeah that game came out in 03 i believe okay so yeah 2003 and just sitting there one night and it was like four or five a.m and i got the one of the really messed up and uh, i got the really messed up ending with the uh Giant babies eating the world. That's like ending D, I think. Maybe E. <laughs> I think that's D. No, E is the tr yeah, true ending. I thought E was the one that leads into near, right? Yeah, E is the one that okay. leads into near. Which also still Which, at has the time was kind of a joke. At the time was perceived as a joke ending, and then it turned out to be the one that 
would be taken up by most of the succeeding games. <laughs> yeah. Well, except for Dragon Guard 2. Yeah, Dragon Guard 2, and I think kind of Dragon Guard 3, which uses like ending A. No, Dragon Guard 3 is a prequel. Oh, yeah, it's a prequel. That's what it was. Oh, God, why? Why? Why not? Yeah, um, yeah it, you, at this point, I do not question Yoko Taro. He, he he's a madman genius, kind of in the similar vein as Kojima. I but... call him one of those things. <laughs> Guess which one? <laughs> I mean, he, he put out a t tweet wishing everybody a happy new year from the Square Enix dungeon. <laughs> that did happen. That's pretty funny. <laughs> he very, yeah, he's very yeah, much got a... I did enjoy that, actually. <laughs> he's, he's very much got a brand. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he shows up everywhere with the moon on his head, you know? <laughs> so he's both a madman, but he's also a genius because, I mean, let, he makes some really good games. I mean, I will admit, I I played the uh, one of the ones with the card, the voice of the cards ones. Mm. The first one. It's, Those it's are like, a, yeah, good. They're they're fun games. I'll, I'll take your word. Those are like tailor made to be not for me. So that's fine. Yeah, but they the, the first one was actually really fun. It's kind of chill, but man, is it dark at times. Mm hmm. Uh, let's see, Fireminer enters into the uh, conversation that he feels like Yokotaro is kind of a one-trick pony. Uh, I, I kind of that's that's kind of where I end up. Like it's it, he 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 does like a very specific thing, and it, it clearly means a lot to a lot of people. It's just it's not for me. Um, let's see, since we're talking about games being flawed and still having fans, it's the only reason Final Fantasy survives to this day that Square held out until FF4. Three definitely had like a huge fan base because that one gets referenced a lot when they're trying to call out to old Final Fantasy. Just why you keep seeing shit like Doga's artifacts show up in in the background of weird games. But, a lot, a lot of it just has to do with the fact that at the time, I mean, the job system was such a unique idea. I mean, it wasn't completely unique. Games. Because, uh, like, you know, Dragon oh, Quest Dragon had already Quest. gone far into that as well. They were taking a dip. Like, the thing that's weird when you play FF3 is that, like, the job system is remarkably rigid uh, in a way that's... I was say it's, it's, like, designed to have specific classes to solve a specific problem and then be abandoned afterwards. Yeah, like, there's one dungeon where you want scholars. There's one dungeon where you want dragoons. Like, because there's one... One cave that you need mystics knights to get through, and that's it. Yeah, there's that there's one. That kill things properly. There's that one cave where everyone needs to get turned into a toad. I hate that uh, cave. We don't talk about that fucking cave. Fuck. That. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I, then I, there it's... was the assumption that the the final jobs were the jobs that you were going to be using against the final boss. Yeah, you need like the they are the endpoint classes for each type, like. All the all the mages could turn into sages, and all the physical fighters turn into ninjas. That's that's just how you're supposed to play. Uh, hmm. And it's it's one of those things. Like it's it's a weird structure. It's extremely weird. And then FF4 kind of decides that like, well, what if we just made it so that like the class changes were all story stuff. Like you had a different character, or someone actually class changed within the universe, and sort of built itself around that but it's one of those things like 
I think that Final Fantasy would have, uh, like, it, it definitely had uh, fandom as essentially, uh, as far as console RPG players in Japan were concerned, the uh, the Pepsi to Dragon Quest's Coke. But, uh, you know, one of those situations where uh, I, I definitely think that the they they hit upon something that uh, lands for a lot more people when they uh, started intermixing, uh, t- taking out some of the weirder aspects of two, but inter- intermixing its pension for drama. Uh, so that, there's definitely oh, yeah. something to be said for that. Uh, for that, like the, the series really hits a certain kind of uh, stride when it reaches for. Uh, let's see. See, uh, how low is the standard for NES RPGs can go and not reach the level of Hoshio Miruhito? Uh, you can run into some really just like janky garbage on there that isn't like absolutely broken. Uh, just just sort of like the the idea of how to balance an RPG is not well understood at that point. I'm trying to think of like what I would uh, pull out as like this is just a bad RPG rather than this is a crime. Uh, God. Low tier NES RPGs. Because like you're also running into stuff that's like so fucking early. Uh like, God, was there a... what's that? Nobody knows what they're doing at that stage. Yeah, like I'm trying to remember. Is there is there a fucking NES version of Miracle Warriors? Because that's that's like infamously one of the Master Systems only RPGs outside of Fantasy Star. It's a part of like a PC88 game, and it's just extremely bad and boring. But it's one of those situations where it's like you know, it's not broken. It's just not interesting. <laughs> uh. And that, that's kind of what you end up with when you start digging deep into the library of, like, like Hoshio Miruhito gets to live in infamy because it's busted and trying something, and has, like, you can almost see what an interesting version of it would look like. Uh, whereas if you get into, like, bad Famicom RPGs, it's like, fucking Gegege no Kitaro 2! Or uh, one of the million and one Dragon Ball card game RPGs, where it's like this is just blatant, really... cash, uh, blatant cash grab. Yeah, like just like this genre is kind of like well understood, so you can put that out quickly, and you you get uh, <laughs> our, our RPGs lit. Bless you. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> RPGs lent, uh, RPGs lent themselves well to. Uh, license tie-ins because it allowed you to uh, do these uh, larger uh, sprites for like cut-in animations that weren't going to cost a lot, uh, mm-hmm. or at least not. Well, and nothing was going to cost a lot, but the, you could you could make them larger because they were for these like bespoke cut-ins rather than uh, needing to move around in a lot of different ways. So uh, you could represent the license a little better so you have a lot of like mediocre brand based rpgs that are just very very dull unless you just really want to answer dragon ball trivia or whatever um 
a lot of those. Uh, the, there's like the first Super Robot Wars games on Famicom are very mediocre. Uh, you run into the, these these kinds of things. Uh, th those, what I would say, are what the like bottom rung of non-broken, but just fully. Uh, like a developer got handed this and said, "Make it in six months." <laughs> Get so. And here's one you might have something to say on, Gaijin. It's the hardest kind of Japanese dialect to translate. A friend of mine was a translator for Japanese dramas, and once he complained about how hard it is to translate Japanese business in speech. Hmm. Are there any uh, dialects you trip over? <laughs> um, oh, oh, I mean... <laughs> we're going to get into, like, Aomori or Okinawa, and those are proverbially weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Osaka dialect is fun. Mm-hmm. That's why that one it, uh, that one gets to show up a lot in like anime and shit. <laughs> that's the thing. It's Osaka dialect's also the the odd one to use as a comparison for anything because, um, I mean Osaka gave the country several different forms of stand up comedy mm -hmm. that are now like very widespread and let's do a manzai routine. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, my daughter will randomly use something from Osaka Ben. Mm-hmm. Just, um, just because several of the, I mean, several random bits of that dialect have become normalized for standard Japanese. Mm -hmm. So, uh, weird. So, Wheels. Yeah. Wheels. Ever see a children's picture book called What Can a Hippopotamus Be? No, but it sounds familiar. I I am aware of it. Yeah, well, you will be amused to hear that when it was translated into Japanese, and this is according to the actual translator's note on the inside cover, translator just, this was such an adorable book with the illustrations that he wanted the translation to be equally full and enjoyable. He translated the entire thing into Osaka-ben Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> so, whereas in English, whenever it says, oh, can hippopotamus be such and such thing, and the answer is just simply, no. Japanese answer is going to be like eight or nine syllables of just really random negative in Osaka Ben. <laughs> Never the same thing. So, like, at one point, it's like, oh, can a hippopotamus be an astronaut? And the Japanese answer is literally, I mean, the figurative answer is, oh, that it's not going to work. Actual translation is, ain't riding. <laughs> I'm not even sure what that's supposed to be, but okay! It's making a joke on the fact that the hippopotamus tries to get into the rocket as an astronaut, and the rocket takes off without him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, um, oh, it's a, it's a Uchu Funanari? Ah, uh, Nora Hen. <laughs> but for the most part, um... Oh, let's see. The Japanese biz... I mean, business English as in actually conducting business... Or, no, business Japanese as in actually conducting business in Japanese. You can see a lot of jargon being a pain in the ass to work with. Mm. And that's true for anything. The more jargon, or the more specialized the language that you have to deal with, the worse it gets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure scientific I mean, I... writing becomes hellish. That's... that's... <laughs> One of the things yeah. that gets trained on in uh, customer service jobs is understand your job will have a lot of jargon. 
Your job is to translate that jargon to a patient, if, or in my case, to a patient who calls you because of the fact they won't know what the heck you're talking about if you use it. Yeah. So I'm, so, and I will tell you, I get, we get things all the time where I'm like, you know, so, um, sorry, I'm trying to think of ways to phrase things without going into too much table, uh, information because of HIPAA, so do bear with me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, electronic medical record. I have, you know, so I can't just simply say EMR. If I'm talking to like a doctor's office, they know what EMR means. A patient, half the time, they don't know what an EMR is. So I, so usually what I will say is, yes, this is due to their electronic medical record, also known as an EMR. Mm -hmm. And that program is part of that EMR. So we as tri we as this laboratory, I almost gave away my job. I, where I work. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It's on my it's on my Facebook. I work for a laboratory called Tricor, and you know have nothing to do with that particular program because it is not that e that electronic medical record is not one that we use. It is their side, not our side. Hmm. So we don't control what shows up there. Hmm. They think we do because we're of course the laboratory that's doing the testing. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, before you dox yourself completely, I, I, I've, I've, I'm former military. I'm doxed no matter what. <laughs> like I said, before you dox yourself completely. Uh, moving on. Um, let's see, uh, we're gonna hit a couple Why of. Are you licking my toes, Toby? I'm not gonna ask. Um, <laughs> I figured. I figured. Yeah. Uh, uh, dog or cat. Let's let's quickly hit a couple more of these SMT questions before we close out. Uh, am I really that weird to think that gods and demons in SMT are too human-centric, as in being defined by human morality and uh, philosophy? Uh, I don't think it's weird, but I do think that it's fundamentally at cross-purposes with how the developers view these things as essentially uh, creations uh, on some level or another of human cognition and therefore beholden to human concepts and ideas. And in some, ga some games, that's like not literally the case, but philosophically it's the case. And, and in, uh, yeah, if you're taking mainline SMT games, that is literally the case. How they, you know, they're portrayed in specific ways of how we as humans have portrayed them in our world. Whereas in other games like Persona, they're just there for you to have power. I mean, they're literal, like, elements of cognition as well in that, but different parts of human cognition. Yeah. But, yeah, like, it, it's... Fundamentally, the idea is to uh, use these gods to... is to uh, explore the parts of humans that would have uh, contemplated or essentially created them. And so you, you run into these things where, like, they're very much built on human... Like, they're not built to be unknowable because the philosophy and worldview that uh, defines the games says that they could only ever have come from the human. Uh, how many times have we rejected gods in SMT as persona of the acceptance of the idea that all these deities come from the human imagination and are human humanity's problems to deal with? I mean, yeah, like you reject you reject them a lot in SMT. It's actually very rare to uh, ally yourself with them in a good ending. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, 
Strange Journey had two different instances that were both, you know, obviously there was going to be an issue here. Hmm. Uh, can the loss to Chaos Struggle in SMT games be mapped to any other pantheon other than Christianity, Judaism, Gnosticism? Yeah, I mean, you can, you can make that. I map every pantheon to this in one way or another. Yeah, like the when you see other pantheons in the list, when you see uh, Hindu or Buddhist or uh, you know all these other like pantheons, they they aren't mapped arbitrarily. We just don't have as much in, in general in uh, countries where those like religions are not dominant. We don't have as much context for why they're mapped the way they are, but they are not mapped arbitrarily. Uh, I was going to say, the Western religions tend to map more towards law than the Eastern ones, though. Mm -hmm. in, in general, like, the 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 uh, well-thought-of deities in Western religions map towards law, and the poorly-thought-of ones tend to map towards chaos. But, yeah, uh, yeah the... And, and in the Eastern religions, most of them tend to map towards chaos and good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, you end up with that. Beginning like um, um, Shimigami Tensei One, where the, uh, the initial conflict was between a Shinto um, Shinto um, guardian deity and Thor. Mm -hmm. The Thor being lawful and Goto being chaotic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, that that struggle definitely is not. It, it's easier for us to spot when we're, you know, inundated by uh, Abrahamic religion uh, and concepts, Christianity concepts. Or a lot of the D&D &D style of um, cosmology, which is, again, very blatantly Abrahamic at times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you put those uh, on the table, it might, it's, it's a much easier thing for us to map, but, you know, they there are things that are meant to be understood by a Japanese audience about where certain uh, Shinto Buddhist uh, like concepts and deities are being uh, mapped uh, on that alignment chart. <laughs> I do find that at least the Megaton approach to mapping ends up being a little more, let's write right here, uh, flexible and fluid than the D&D version. A little bit, a little bit. It, it depends on the campaign you're, or the campaign world you're playing in D and D. Some of the games they're um, very rigid, and some of the worlds they're not as rigid. I'm, I'm just mainly thinking of the the standard box cosmology for D and D and Pathfinder both. Uh, without going into Planescape or any of the really interesting versions. Mm -hmm. Right, it, it still varies. Like in in the case of um, like Eberron, which is one of the more popular settings good and evil and chaos and lawful are a little more not fluid per se but they are nuanced. not like even yeah they're more nuanced whereas evil may be good and good may be evil because of it's defined by the actions Fireminer says, just play Dark Sun and tell me about the gods. <laughs> what gods? <laughs> That's the yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> but, let's see. Uh, but yeah, and Fireminer brings up uh, the first two Megami Tensei games, non Shin Megami, but Megami Tensei Digital Devil Story. Also, Shinto Goddesses versus Satan. 
Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things. Uh, I think that fundamentally the, the worldview here uh, is, is always going to be human-centric, and I think that that generally makes for more interesting stories. Uh, I mean, if you go if you go too far outside of human-centric, you're going to end up in Lovecraft territory. Yeah, which is which is what the the other core of the question was like. What, what about like unknowable Cthulhu esque deities? And it's like, yeah, I, 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 it's, I mean, it's uh, some some of the angels in Bayonetta. <laughs> it's the closest well, you're going to get to actual biblical angels, and it looks like something that Lovecraft would have thought of. Because mm -hmm. biblical angels, um, there, I actually saw a YouTube video a little while back that. 3D animated three of the ones that were very clearly um, defined, and they they are freaky. Oh, they God. are, yeah. All all descriptions of angels in the Bible are something to a uh, sight to behold. But oh, and dig uh, into the Book of Enoch and just go, what was this guy smoking? There's a reason that people don't usually allow that into a standard Bible. Uh, <laughs> the reason why nobody's allowed that into a standard Bible, and I'm surprised that it has survived all these centuries. Yeah, part is an object of fascination. Even the Book of Re Revelation sounds like it's a schizophrenic fever dream. No, it's it's a, uh, it's a massive allegory for the persecution under Emperor Nero. But yeah, yeah, Re yeah. Revelation yeah. makes sense in context. I knew that. Yeah, no, it was it's a guy who was really. Really pissed off at the Roman Empire after being exiled, yeah. But, uh, as, as Wales was saying, yeah, El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron was uh, loosely based off of the Book of Enoch, which is full of, uh, I mean, if you if you choose to read it this way, it's also essentially the world's first fantasy novel, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. That, um, that or Chronicle of the Alien Visitations, depending on who you ask. Yeah, that's a kind of fancy novel. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, uh, I think that we're getting uh, pretty far, uh, pr pretty pretty to the end of tonight. So I figure oh, now okay. might be a good time, huh? I thought you you were gonna say we're getting far off topic, and I'm like, what what was we the have question no again? <laughs> we have no topic. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I think I think given given Wheel's diminished capacity, I would rather be able to at least send him to bed at a less unreasonable time. So. Oh, hey, he's still awake. How about that? Somehow he shouldn't be. I mean, um, last last week he was going for what? Or was it last he was week? Going or long Sunday? Enough the Gaijin came back and yelled at him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was still I, here. I, I was gonna say I checked. I came in literally the same second that like everyone else left except for Wheels. <laughs> Wheels said, "Oh, he was gonna go to bed in ten minutes." So, so I went out and I did some other things. Came back and was like, "Okay, it's been twenty minutes, Wheels. Why are you still here?" Thank you, guys. And someone needs to protect him from himself. Uh, I, I was and... here lurking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and for one last um, one for my. Mm -hmm. He he should do like what they did in in Speed. Remember when they created like that recording so the bomber wouldn't know that they all got off the bus? Yeah, <laughs> it's just gonna be some just a quick little five second clip on a loop, and we're not gonna even know that it's that he went to bed. I'll <laughs> yeah. just make a wheel soundboard. Uh, and for one last one for Fireminer, has anyone tried the Left Behind game? No, I don't like real time strategy games, and I don't like Left Behind. I don't know why I'd do that to myself. 
Um, yeah, it seems so like a double dose of shit. Strategy game. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, instead of thinking about Left Behind, I want to think about princesses. And pizza. I like pizza. Pizza's good. Gaijin, tell me more. <laughs> okay, oh, uh, yeah, let me stretch here. Uh, need that. Yep. Okay, so, if you enjoy tabletop role-playing games, if you enjoy listening or watching other people play them, and this is a whole thing on YouTube, go figure. And if you don't mind experiencing this in print for print narrative format, then we have Princesses of the Pizza Parlor by Michael Yadimizu, I-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U, on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. Um, we currently have ten episodes, three um, side stories, and a paralogue in ebook format. And this comes to four paperbacks and working on a fifth. Hell yeah. Again, if you like experiencing or just living vicariously through other people's poor dice rolls and poorer personal decisions as several characters manage to fail real-life wisdom checks... Um, I've been there. <laughs> yes. My observation it... skills are zero, even passively. Like yeah, there was a, there was at least one episode where one character's horse had a higher wisdom modifier than both her character and her. <laughs> oh. You know, normal game. Yeah. Got to see all the player stat sheets now. <laughs> but yeah, give that give it a look. It's uh even at the even at its most expensive, it's quite cheap to get into anyway. <laughs> I currently rate my monthly royalties by how many cafe lattes I can buy from a convenience store with them. That's the dream. Uh, but yeah, so you know, throw uh, throw Gaijin uh, a few extra lattes this month, why don't you? Mm. But yeah, uh, Tam, please tell us about the RP Gamer streams. So uh, we at uh, rpgamer.com do run many streams on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. Uh, I am one of six current hosts of streaming that we have, uh, and we play a wide variety of uh, RPGs, SRPGs, dungeon crawlers, you name it. There's usually someone playing it or is willing to play it. It's so, got numbers and you can kill things in it. <laughs> pretty much. So uh, I actually just finished up Relayer, but I have been going through the post-game what-if alternate story. Mm -hmm. Enjoyed it, by the way. I'm going to be working on a review for it. Nice. Um, Pause is currently on the third playthrough of Tactics Ogre Reborn. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, you going for all endings? Yeah, she's, so she's going through the lawful route. Yes. She's already done neutral and chaos. Uh, which you, one Which one requires a genocide in the first chapter? I have no idea. Okay. Doesn't that happen You're talking no to the one person who will not play Tactics Ogre because it's too much micromanaging for an SRPG for me. Yeah. It's been a good two decades since the last time I played it, so I couldn't tell you. I, Wheels, just I, think, the, I think the real difference is just whether you're the one perpetrating it or not. Um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, what your role was in it. Uh, Hero it's Harmony's like, uh, playing Final Fantasy VII for the very first time using some mods on the PC version. 
Oops, I'm drawing it. Um, from what I hear, he he is. Uh, he dropped Star Ocean, the Divine Force, to play it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, based on what you said, I don't think uh, I don't think that meant much in that in the scheme of things. But <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, you know, it's it's not for everybody. I and I think he was he was having a lot of trouble understanding how to do blindsided blindsiding. Oh, that's extremely right? important to understand how that game works. <laughs> yeah, I tried to teach it to him but it's hard to do it on chat it's something that's very visual yeah so, you just anyways, gotta get a feel for it and then um we have uh hair frog who is doing the make a grind of disgaea one. Oh lord and then we have and then on saturday mornings we have spare ombre who or, i think that's how he pronounces it i'm he uses the French version, not the Spanish version, but unfortunately, I always mm. see the Spanish version. <laughs> but uh, he is doing Dungeon Crawlers. I think right now he's doing Labyrinth of Refrain, and he's been really enjoying that one. Um, although he is out this Saturday, I am actually going to try and get up early enough so I can fill in for him. Because, uh, yeah, um, apparently his modem fried. Oh, oh that's, that's rough. That's not good. Yeah, and he won't get back till Sunday. Oh boy! So, uh, so I've I'm going to try and fill in for for what we call dungeon crawling for spare parts. Uh, I see what you did there. No, that's what he calls it. No, I know. I mean, I see what he did there. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm Tam in the AM. <laughs> you sound yeah, like a morning zoo radio jockey. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Uh, it's usually breakfast with paws. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, we're, and then of course, and we have Scar who uh, twice a week does a SNES RPG wheel, and then on Sundays uh, he he plays something a little more. A little One day more he's gonna run out of SNES RPGs, and that's gonna be terrifying. Um, so he's <laughs> so he's actually working on what he's currently finishing for SNES uh -huh. RPGs, and moving over to a modded PlayStation Classic, where he oh, can do no. both SNES and PlayStation RPGs. Uh, refill the so that the roulette is le is more tricky. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I can I can grab him some Super Famicom cartridges and just mail them over. <laughs> well, no, he's doing this all on like modded classics, mm -hmm. uh, like the consoles. So, so he can do them as with digital. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and of course, he's only doing stuff that has like translations of some sort. Because he wants to understand what he's doing, <laughs> hmm. and, I, and I have, I have fed him a number, so uh, yeah. Time to play Brave Prove. Eh? Eh? Yes, one action RPG of no renown. <laughs> yeah, I've, no, no. I've uh, provided him both, uh, uh, like the Slayers RPG and the Rama One Half RPG. That's the choice you've made. Made a powerful enemy this day. Um, Neither of those are bad RPGs. I know, though. I'm being mean. <laughs> I, I imagine the Slayers would match pretty well to being an RPG. Oh yeah, no, there's two Slayer RPGs. One for the Saturn, one for the SNES. Just like, uh, just like Magic Knight Ray Earth. <laughs> uh, he played that one. Hmm. On the, S the SNES version. Yeah, I figured. So, so yes, yeah, so all all sorts of people, all different times, wide variety of 
games we're playing, so come check this out. Um, the best way to know when we are streaming is follow us on the twitch.tv slash rpgamer channel because of the fact we do have so many different people streaming at all different times. Hmm. It's bound to be someone that you job with. Let's see. Hey, Joe, are you still here? I think he might have died. He will be here. missed. Huh? Here! I'm here! You're here! I need you to advertise. Okay, find plug! You. Um, I am uh, twitch.tv slash Gamer. If you're looking at the chat, I just posted a little picture of Bob Ross, so you can... Good choice. Check out my <laughs> profile there. Um, you know, happy little... Sonic clouds in my profile background. Yeah, anyways, um... <laughs> uh, yeah, so check that out, and I'm also on YouTube. Um, so, I try to stream, like, three or four nights a week. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, usually. Uh, sometimes I start... Don't start until 9 or 10. Um, so, I did get a new graphics card, so I'm hoping to just show you everything I play in... You know, higher settings, higher resolutions, with, <laughs> with ray tracing and all that other cool shit. So, um, I did, uh, I streamed a little bit of Cyberpunks just so you, people could see what it looks like with the ray tracing and just maxed out settings and RTX overdrive or whatever the hell. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> not, not that. No, that's, that's I don't think any much. graphics card on the no, market can actually the, make that work. The freaking 4090 can't even do that. So, I did That's stream that for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So so I streamed that. Um I did check out the Forbidden West DLC Burning Shores and it's fine. So I streamed that the other day. Um I'm kind of still doing Disgapril. Disgaea Disgapril. Someone has to. Wheels or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing some Disgaea 3, Disgaea 4 earlier in the month. I might get back to those. I might do Disgaea 5. We'll see. Um, so yeah, so check that out if, you know, I'm pretty chill. I, I, would, I would not Disgaea uh, 5. No? It's... We're not. This, you, you, you people no. have relitigated the quality of relative Disgaea <laughs> games like five times this month and I'm done. <laughs> I know. Yeah, five. I will. No, it's five. Five, I will five. send you directly Listen, into the bowels of hell, sir. Quests, so what? Three Q&A quests and three shenanigans and five times? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I am Hi. I am fucking sending wheels directly. I'm sending wheels directly Thank to hell with my mind. My I'm sorry, because I was simply just trying to say that I might play that game at some point. I'm sorry. That. <laughs> That's all I was trying sorry to say. For, for the loss of your time. <laughs> So, anyways, that's me. Yeah, so check out my channel. I, I need the follows and likes, subscribes. You know the drill, so help me out. Okay. Okay, Wheels, you want to get on when our show happens? Uh, we do Sunday Night Shenanigans, Sundays around midnight on my Twitch channel. We generally play multiplayer games like fighting games uh, or... Everyone just watches me be terrified by Resident Evil, which is what we've been doing lately, and we'll that's probably... Been, that's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably keep doing that until I finish uh, Village. You've actually been making, like, steady progress on that. It's been yeah. fun. No, you got through the swamp and defeated Moreau. 
<laughs> He's oh. such a sad little man. I felt sorry for him, I really did. Yeah. Soon Wheels will have his very own Magnum. But yeah, uh, so catch that. That's always fun. Uh, you can ask us questions, like Dear Friends Tam, uh, like, uh, well, Tam is a dear friend, but he didn't ask his questions this week. Dear Friends Kroll and Fireminer did. Uh, that uh, you can ask us questions if you catch us in the chat when we record these every uh, Thursday at midnight Eastern, 9 Pacific, or uh, at. <laughs> Uh, in the comments section like Crawl did, or via the Discord like people sometimes do. Uh, if you're not a member of the RP Gamer Discord, there's never been a better time to join. Uh, you can go, uh, join us by going to the uh, community tab of RP Gamer, and that'll get you the Discord invite link. It's a lovely community whether you want to ask us questions or not. So, you know, give that, give that a look. Uh, but Otherwise, I think that runs us out, so see you, Space Cowboys. See ya. Ah!